Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the One Pot to Rule Them All. We are here for episode two. Last week, we broke down a bit about what the Lord of the Rings on Prime is going to look like. Talked a bit about the trailer, gave some of uh, some interesting facts about the Second Age uh, and some things that people should look out for. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about uh, some leaks that have come out courtesy of Fellowship of the Fans. They are great. They are um, they can be found on Twitter and YouTube at Fellowship of Fans. Just want to give them their credit. Uh, they have been pretty spot on for about two years now on leaks. It's kind of insane. I don't even want to speculate where they get, where their sources are. Cause it almost seems as if it's somebody that's working for Amazon because it's, it. leg- it's like, they're almost there on set. So good for them. They've, they've come up with a, uh, quite the following for their, uh, Lord of the Rings news outlet. We're also going to be talking about today, some chief elven characters that we should be seeing in the upcoming series. These will be elves that have uh, that are lords of their own land, generals of their own armies, and uh, will definitely be participating in some of the major events in this upcoming show. We will finish off our show with discussing the War of the Rohirrim, which is a upcoming, some upcoming new Lord of the Rings or Middle Earth content. It's going to be about the land of Rohan, Rohan before uh, any of the events Lord of the Rings about you know, hundreds of years before that. So today I am joined as always by my trusty co-host, Jacob Brown. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good, man. Excited to get going with episode two. Good, good, good to hear. Good to hear. Um, so Jacob and I were chatting yesterday a little bit, and and I think Jacob has a, a much bigger knowledge of the characters that, you know, are in the third age, right? Like the, yeah. the Hobbit movies, the Lord of the Rings movies, the books, you know, when it comes to the second age, I definitely, you know, Jacob, Jacob's reading and he's learning, right? We have tons of time before this TV show, but there, it, it, it will take you, you know, over seven months to figure it all out, to be totally yeah. honest with you. Coming up really on six months now that we're out from the show. Um, all right. So yesterday, Fellowship of the Fans, uh, I will pull up the tweet here. Uh, they came out with a leak about Galadriel, who is, which this has been known for a while, that at some point in this, in the TV series, she's going to be cast away at sea, uh, like just on the, you know, some sort of planks of wood almost with her at the moment, uh, let's just say friend or, you know, trusty warrior that she's been going around middle earth with his name is halbrand he is a very you know old ancestor of the land of rohan so there you go that's something that you you know you can this is something new for you jacob there we go yeah halbrand he is a you know great 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 ancestor of the you know the kings of rohan let's just say right so here i'm pulling up this leak um fellowship of fans 20 almost 20k followers good for them honestly like really good for them yeah all no, right so great. they started off with exclusive galadriel and halbrand are brought before the court of muriel who is the queen of numenor and Farazan, the king of numenor by elendil elendil right that is isildur's father he is of royal bloodline eventually in the tv show people will realize he is the leader of the faction of the faithful on Numenor who gets all these people off the island before its destruction. Who's this so, specifically? Sorry, what was that? Who is this specifically, this guy? Elendil. He is Elendil. um he he is the 
in, in Lord of the Rings, when, and when Aragorn is brought forth, he has been, he is multiple times noted as the heir of Isildur or the heir okay. of Elendil. Okay. So, so Elendil is a Royal over in Numenor. Uh, and he will eventually take all of the people from the island prior to its sinking. He oh, he will yeah. take he will take his faction and establish the lands of Gondor and Arnor. Oh, wow. So so the cities that you see in Lord of the Rings in the late Third Age, like Minas Tirith and Osgiliath, that are just getting plundered by orcs and whatnot, he built those. Wow! In the Second Age, which you will see. Right. That's really cool. Yeah. Cool. Right. Yeah. He will live very, very late. He is called Elendil the Tall. He's about seven feet something in 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 the books, right? And he goes toe to toe with Sauron, with Gilgalad, Ooh. at some point, right? So right now he is bringing Gil. He is bringing Galadriel, and Halbrand, who he found at sea, apparently in rags and whatnot, in front of our Farazhan. So let's start the breakdown here. Elendil is clearly either an advisor of the throne or he is a general of Numenor, clearly a royal. He is presenting these castaway fugitives to directly to the king, right? So, Jacob, your immediate thoughts on what Elendil could could possibly be, right? A general, a lord, a royal. What do you think? Well, I think it could be any of those things. I mean, listen... I think he obviously has to be some sort of role of an authority figure. Uh, so that has to be in there. But um, as far as the rest goes, I don't really know. But uh, as far as Galadriel goes, I know we were talking about how odd it is that she's in that attire in that state uh, and how that kind of goes against canon almost already for the show, which is what we were kind of iffy about. Exactly. Exactly. And like, look, like, again, this is a portrayal in 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 ad- adaption, right? With with what Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson's Galadriel was, I felt very accurate to the book. The highest form of an elvish woman you could be, right? She's a queen. She wields one of the rings of power, and she is, she can just dis- you know destroy cities and and lead, you know. Right, she's elves, the girl. Right. Yeah. She ends up, by the way, just so everybody understands. At the end of the Third Age, while all of those wars are happening that you see in Lord of the Rings, the, the chief battles during that time frame, she is actually leading a charge on Dol Guldur, which is that orc base that you see in The Hobbit that all the orcs kind of come from. Uh, she's leading an assault on that, and she throws right. down the walls with her ring, right? So she she's doing, she's actively doing, partaking in war in the late Third Age. So this whole notion that she's this Amazon warrior or whatever in the Second Age, I'm okay with. But again, like you said, for her to be brought in front of our Farazhan in these rags by Elendil, right? I find to be odd. She's a princess of the Noldor from the day she's born. She's an extremely important figure in Middle Earth from the day that she's born, right? Everybody knows who she is. And like, I'm not saying that our Farazhan needs to like, be like, oh my God, Galadriel's in front of me. We know he doesn't like the elves, right? We we know that at this time, at this time in the show. Well, that's what, yeah, yeah. That's he's what I was denouncing about to say. the elves and cutting off trade and 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 is kind of starting up this like uproar in Numenor of like, why aren't we immortal, right? So who knows? Maybe he's keeping up his persona and he decides to treat her terribly. I don't know, right? But as the leak continues, 
Elendil and Galadriel and Hallbrand on the ship on their way to Numenor be- become friends. And they talk a lot and they are like-minded and they don't agree with things going on in the world. And they also feel that there is a growing threat. And I'm sure Galadriel informs Elendil of what she's been up to, hunting down generals and servants of Morgoth from the first age to finally expel them from the world. Where is Sauron? I don't know. He's probably in Mordor. Did he escape the War of Wrath? We don't know. I'm sure they're discussing all of those things on the boat. Elendil clearly realizes that she should not be a prisoner and taken, you know, prisoner. She is somebody of high stature and should be an ally and treated as such. So they, he ends up slipping a dagger to Halbrand, who gives it to Galadriel, who fights Numenor warriors before she gets put in prison. Whether she kills him or not, who knows? This is the extent of the leak. Now let's go into what the canon is. Well, first of all, Jacob, before I go into what the canon is, in terms of Galadriel and what she's doing at this time, what do you, what, like, as a, as, okay, so instead of a non-critical view, as somebody that's just reading that, as somebody that's trying to get excited for the show, do you read that and go, ooh, I want to see that? Or do you read that and go, would Tolkien just be really pissed that this is going on? Yeah, well, I think if they use it, like you were talking about how Alpharazon, he doesn't like the elves and their immortality. If they use that as a plot device to kind of openly call out what you were just talking about, like how dare you bring Galadriel in like that, that could actually be used as a plot device, which would actually show they do know the story. I mean, who knows if they actually do that, but maybe the elves say, hey, we have a problem with how you brought her in. And they actually mention that in the show and it kind of caters to what you're saying. So I kind of thought that angle as well because we don't know what the result of that is yet. So that could be the result. Um, but at the same time, I think it's, it, it's cool, dude. I mean, like, you know, we see her in the, in the Lord of the Rings movies is this holy figure that, that, I mean, she's Great. just that amazing. Really right. That, that's what I was looking for earlier. Sorry yeah. to cut you off a holy figure. That's right. very angelic, almost right. higher than even, you know, normal elves. Like you could tell that this was a person of great stature in middle earth. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I want to see the origin of that. So I think, getting into the mind of her uh because you know when when she's in lord of the rings she's already established she's lived most of her life in middle earth at that point so to see where she gains those opinions where she kind of forms who she is i think that's a really cool thing and and i think the show's gonna take advantage of that i think also with this leak and and as far as leak goes and you said i, I wonder where he gets his sources maybe it's amazon himself you know as far as the marvel the dc the star wars all those people, they know the people in the studio. So every, if these leaks are correct and he has this track record, he knows someone there. Like people joke all the time with the Marvel stuff. One of those scoopers is Kevin Feige because they use these like random username. One of them has to be Kevin Feige because some of these are like mm-hmm. 99% accurate with their scoops. But maybe it's something like that with Fellowship of Fan. And he's been around forever. So people like him, they'll talk to him and tell him what's going on. So um, but that's cool that you were talking about the leaks, maybe where he got his sources. But overall, again, the Galadriel thing is really cool. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Gotcha. Yeah. Look, I think you made some really good points. And and I agree totally on the fact that, like, look, let's see what let's see what a younger Galadriel is like. And when I say younger, I mean instead of her being like eight to ten thousand years old, she's like three thousand years old. So that's a long time, man. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Now let's go for now let's go further into a little bit of speculation here. So here's how I see that this scene playing out. And I know that we're diving into a scene, but I think that this that that this scene will be very pivotal for the series, right? The fact that our Farazon is literally throwing a princess of the Naldor, a lord 
if you will, into prison. And this fiery Galadriel doesn't seem like she's just going to let this go. So I'm sure whenever she gets back to her people, it's going to be set, right? So here's the way I see this going. Arpharazon has already started up this uprising during his kingship in Numenor, um, which he's got ample amount of time to do. Just so everybody knows, the royals, the Numenorean royals, live to they're about 500 years old. Okay, elongated life for all the Numenorians, but the royals get even more, right? Because they're they're clear descendants from Elros, who was half half elven. Okay, so how old Arpharazon is in the show? I don't know. Right, he's got a massive ego. He's he's rising up this this narrative that we hate the elves why do they why are they immortal blah 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 right that's starting okay so the way i see this is he is brought before him these people right and this is the way i see this he has to think to himself out of all of the elves to wash up on my shore and for me to make an example of it's galadriel (laughs) so i'm sure that there are people in his court that are looking at him like that's an elf you've been talking shit about the elves for a long time what are you going to do about it where he's probably sitting there and is a smart guy right he's seen the king he's probably like damn it like this is going to backfire and this isn't good that's the way i see this going about it he's got to he's got to keep up his image throws her in prison exactly as an intruder right and this is the that's the way i see it now there there are some differing timelines here where as whether or not our Farazon is starting to you know envy the elves in, in, in immortality and trying to escape death whether that's before Sauron gets to Numenor or not I don't know but you have to feel like the show writers are already starting that sort of corrupted mindset by our Farazon they're not going to immediately start him off as this like really nice guy I think that they really want him to be a villain from the get-go and to make it like Elendil, who he always was, is a great guy. And this is the guy that should be leading Numenor. And he, you know, that that's where I feel like this is going to start off. So that's the leak. That's where we're starting off. Let us know what you guys think. Um eventually you know, and I have one more thought about it. Obviously. If I I have one more thought about it if I could. Like, why couldn't something like this have been in the trailer? You know, like just a scene of them on a raft together in the trailer. Like they that's what I meant about the trailer for the show it didn't tease the plot out as much as I maybe thought it could for normies. Like if that was just in the trailer, that would have caused people to say who's on the raft together. What does that mean? And so like, that could have been a really cool thing in the trailer. Would it not? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, but I'm going to rewatch this trailer here. I, I feel as if this might've been in there. Like, it, like, like let's go back and watch this now. Okay. If you, if, if you want to go back and watch this too, Lord of the Rings on prime Twitter account, it's pinned. I'm watching it right now. Let's see. I mean, these antler people, I, I don't even want to get started on. I have no idea what that could possibly. I, I read, I am very knowledgeable of Lord of the Rings. I cannot, for Middle Earth, I cannot tell you what this could be. Okay, there's Galadriel climbing the Hellcrax. All right. We should have done this last week. Watch the damn trailer. Mm. <laughs> there it is. Yes, it, this is in it. This is in it. Go to second 25. Okay, if you'd like. go on Twitter. Yep. Section 25. Before the fellowship. Yeah, that's them. That is them on this on this raft. So how they get there, I don't know. Oh, everyone can hear the sound. Copyright. Sue us, Amazon. I played yep. two seconds of a clip. Sued. We're done. Ah, I see. You see what I'm saying? Yep. That's definitely that. Anyway, yeah. we continue to move forward. All right. So 
the next segment of the show we're going to cover a little bit of the elves the the war of the elves and sauron and the reason why we're doing this is we're at the beginning stages of the podcast but it's very important to note that there are multiple massive wars that happen in the second age and they happen about 1600 years apart from each other okay the war of the elves and sauron happens way before elendil and happens way before Isildur are born in Numenor, right? So what, are the, what is the War of the Elves and Sauron? All right, so the War of the Elves and Sauron is simply Sauron disguised himself as an elf. His name is Anatar. Anatar translates to bringer of gifts. He comes <laughs> to Austin Ed Hill, which is a region, or, or sorry, which is a city in the region of Eregion. Oregion, the region of elves, is literally on the doorsteps of Khazad-dûm, which we talked about last week. They have very positive relationships with the dwarves. They do a ton of crafting with them and trading, right? So Sauron comes to Celebrimbor to learn about ring-making. And uh... Sauron is literally a demigod actually coming to Celebrimbor to see what he's doing. And he corrupts them, he deceives them, and then ends up making, you know... These the rings that went to the dwarves instilled greed in the dwarves. They didn't actually turn them into wraiths. So this is something else that's really interesting, Jacob. The rings that were given to the dwarves by Sauron, or you know the elves and whoever, but obviously the, you know these rings were corrupt. They were actually supposed to also turn the dwarf lords into wraiths, like wow, like the Nazgul. They didn't have that effect on them. The dwarves were made to be very resilient to these things and they didn't turn into a wraith instead their greed and their lust for gold brought a ton of ruin on the people over the years right obviously the balrog smaug the dragon all happened because dug too greedily had too many too much gold regardless okay so so celebrimbor takes back the rings of the elves and he tries to you know foil sauron's plans to make this one ring of power and rule the lands of middle earth right sauron is so unbelievably pissed that celebrimbor starts to do this and he lays waste to eregion and austin ed hill and literally destroy celebrimbor in front of his family he oh, kills man. all the elves in the city it is it's brutal it's written as very gruesome it's written as very gruesome this sparks the war of the elves and sauron so before the dwarves and before the men were even involved in all this this is literally strictly in middle earth the war of the elves and sauron so i wanted to make that clear distinction between the war of the last alliance of elves and men which happened 1600 years later and the fact that sauron was actually at war with all of the elves you know at at some point Right, right, right right okay so any questions jacob before we keep going or any notes no dude i mean i'm 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 putting this all in my notes as you're talking. I mean, this is great stuff. But what I was going to ask is, we've heard that this show is time compressed. Do you think they're going to have these wars be shorter in between each other, the first age, with less time before the second age now? Do you think that's going to be how it works there as well? See, see, this is something that I actually, I I think that we should maybe dive into a little bit of speculation here. Um, How are they going to show the war of the elves and Sauron and then the war of the, you know, the last alliance of elves and men? Like, are they going to be back to back? Like, are the elves going to lose and, and Celebrimbor dies, his body put on like a cross and, you know, eaten by vultures and whatnot? Um, <laughs> seriously, like, there's no, no joke. Um, 
and is that going to spark the the you know you know Numenor to come over here? But that's not really what sparks Numenor to come over to Middle Earth. What sparks the Numenorians coming over is the fact that they find out their island's going to get sunk. Right. So how are they going to how are they going to do that? I don't know. The time compression thing is going to be very interesting. But yeah. Anyway, so so let's go let's go here. Um, Anyway, we're going to continue here with this War of the Elves and Sauron, and I find this to be like a, I find this to be almost even more interesting than than the War of the Last Alliance of Elves and Men because it's strictly the elves are literally like like so horrified and retaliating at Sauron for doing this to them, deceiving them and coming as you know. I feel like dirt like like the best scenes from this TV show are literally going to be you as the viewer know it's Sauron in this city trying to learn how to make rings yeah. and, the, and you're sitting there screaming at your television like oh my god don't teach this guy to do anything he's like he's gonna kill all of you in like a season like you know I feel like those scenes the scenes between Celebrimbor and Sauron where Celebrimbor is just so naive and doesn't realize that it's Sauron and Sauron's just smirking behind him you know are gonna yeah. be the best scenes of the show I, yeah. I truly believe so that's all going to culminate into this massive war right so let's just uh so the the combatants in um the the war of the elves and sauron the commanders let's just say high king gilgalad he's the high king of the naldor and of the elves currently in middle earth Kilabrimbor, who dies elrond who leads his own force of elves against Sauron, and then a another elf called the Kyriatur. Um, we don't, I don't, I'm not going to go too far into him. But the fact is, a big thing that happens in War of the Elves and Sauron is that the elves are getting absolutely routed by Sauron, and the dwarves let out a huge arma, a huge force that ends up attacking Sauron from behind. So anyway, wow, you're going to see all those things in war for the war of the elves, Sauron and the Lord of the Rings on prime. Cool. Really cool. Neat. All right. Now we're going to segue into the next part of the podcast here. Who are some of the chief elven Lords that are, we're going to see in Lord of the Rings on prime during the second age. Right. And by the so, way, the stuff you were just talking about very, uh, you know, obviously star Wars takes its inspiration from Lord of the Rings in a lot of ways. But because the movies came first, it's very Star Wars prequel like where, you know, that shit's going to go terribly in the end. You know, Anakin's going to turn the entire time. You know, Palpatine is in the shadows the entire time. This is a very similar vibe. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I would totally draw the comparison to like you're sitting there and you know that Sidious, you know, like like is you know Palpatine is Sidious. And it's like you're watching it and you're just like, oh, my God. And then, you know, that whole Mace Windu scene where he's literally going to kill, um, you know, Darth Sidious, like right there and end it all. And you're like, you know, you know what's going to happen, but you as the viewer are like, come on, just kill him. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be the, it, like a scene like that. I mean, minus the whole Anakin coming in part is going to be between Celebrimbor and Sauron. Like, I really feel like there's going to be a battle between the two of them. And you're going to be like, he's going to do it. But obviously yeah. you know, he's not going to do it. He's going to kill him. He's going to kill him. And Sauron slips the one ring on and just, it's over like the Darth Sidious lightning type type yeah thing, dude. right yeah the juice so um okay so anyway what was uh so some of the commanders uh some of the key elven figures in in middle earth are going to be the high king Gil Gil Gilgalad right who is I guess you know Elrond is his herald 
right? You know, like we, we think of Elrond in the Third Age as like, you know, not the king, but like the lord, like like the the definitive lord over, you know, a, a male figure of the elves, right? You know, he actually has a king that he serves in, in, in the Second Age, which would be cool to see. Thranduil is only a prince. Thranduil is the king of the woodland realm, the, you know, Legolas's father. He is only a prince in this TV show. And his father, Orifer, he will lead a, you know, their city of elves to, to battle as well. Uh, you'll see uh, Serdan, who is the shipwright. He is a elven lord as well. Uh, and then obviously Celebrimbor will be involved. Um, so yeah, those are the, the chief elven lords that, that have cities. Uh, I'm also forgetting, you know, obviously Galadriel, Celeborn, her husband, and um, Amroth, uh, who is actually the lord of Lothlorien, who ends up giving the lordship to Galadriel and Celeborn. Why are these characters important? Well, I for one think it would be incredibly cool to see Thranduil from The Hobbit as a prince and he's not a king and to see his father who ends up leading a very hasty charge into battle and dies and thranduil ends up becoming the king right in that moment and has to march his people back home that that suffered you know so much losses so these elves were the were the elves of the woodland realm and they weren't as armored as the rest of the elves that ended up going to battle by the way which is that's canon that was actually written and and the actor's Uh, now coming back lee pace right He's not coming back, so we're okay. going to see a different, you know. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. just say Thranduil's casted at some point. I, I I don't know, but I'm sure he'll be in there. I mean, his, you know, that city literally goes to battle, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so we'll get to see that. Um, And like I said, look, like I, I said on the last pod, I think Gil-Galad will, it, it's going to be a dark horse for um, the best, like, like best character on the show. Uh, I think his bond between Elendil, who they both end up dual fighting against Sauron, and then they both die in 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 the show in the book spoilers yeah spoilers oh my god <laughs> literally you see it you see you see it in the fellowship of the ring uh, movie at the beginning um and then Isildur obviously cuts the ring so yeah those are the the chief elven lords at the moment do you have any questions jacob dude i mean all i can say is this stuff sounds dope but what i want to ask though is what what are these elven lords like what's the difference why do they have so many elven lords is it because they're in different locations do they have different jobs? What well, what's the difference between all of them? Yeah, so that's a great question. So um, they're all scattered throughout the map, right? If we pulled up a map, I mean, uh, if you want to pull up a map and share screen, if you want to do that, um, we can do that. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, Orifer and Thranduil, their woodland realm kingdom is very far from Gilgalad's kingdom. They are, Interesting. They are, you know, they're in a different part of the map. They share a very similar forest to Galadriel's people, but they're still leagues away from them. Elrond, who ends up establishing Rivendell around this time, that's far from like like all those places. So it's it, this is a this this is a really fun time, uh, like for the elves, like like for as a viewer to see the elves in 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 Middle Earth. Why? Because they haven't given up on Middle Earth yet. What you see in the Third Age is a group of people who are like we have fought for thousands of years here so many wars i'm we're done we're going to the undying lands where i know for a fact sauron can never reach us there and i'm sorry and they turn their you know not i shouldn't say turn their back on middle earth fully but like they're leaving like many elves turn their back on middle earth and they leave at this point in the show at this point in the legendarium they're full-blown like like invested in middle earth like they're here to stay right you know and you're gonna see tons of them like tons of them yeah that's awesome yeah. Which is really cool, right? So yeah, I mean, anyway, 
that is uh, like, that's that segment of the show. So yeah, we're going to see some, some, some Kings that, that were written about by, um, you know, uh, Tolkien that, that we haven't gotten to see yet, which are really cool. It'll definitely be sad to see some of these guys, uh, some of these elves die in uh, the war of the last Alliance of elves and men. I mean, Orifer's charge into battle with Thranduil and their people is going to be epic, but you're going to know they're going to get slaughtered because that's what yeah. happens. They're told not to charge. They charge anyway, and they're not as armored because they're elves from the Woodland Realm and not Naldor elves who are great smiths and craftsmen. Uh, they just get destroyed. What's uh, great about and- these scenes too is that as sad as they may be, you know for a fact, these are going to be the scenes that are clipped for YouTube where it's like this death scene, this death scene. And they need to really hit home on these. These have to be like Lord of the Rings movie type of scenes where you're like, this is a classic scene. I want to watch this over and over again. And they have the opportunity to do that with so many things. Almost everything in the show, really. All of these epic moments, if they can cash in on these, make them look good, feel good, that that's really the duty of the show. No, I, I totally agree. I, I, I you know... Let's just say, like, Haldir was never at Helm's Deep, which I was telling you about the other night. Right. Uh, the elves going to Helm's Deep in the second movie, The Two Towers of Lord of the Rings, and just showing up and saying, like, you know, we were proud to fight alongside men in the Second Age, and we'll do it again. Cool. Really cool that they, you know, he hints, like, we, you know, we once fought alongside men yeah. against orcs. Like, we, we are proud to do it again. Cool. Did not happen. Haldir and the elves never went to Helm's Deep in, in Tolkien's writing but we accepted it at some point. Like we were like, this is cool. Haldir dies in the movie. He's not dead in the books, but his death in the movies was powerful. Powerful dude. And we didn't see much of him in the first movie anyway. Yeah. You know, he, he caught the fellowship at the, you know, at the beginning of the forest of Lothlorien and blindfolds them and brings them to the front of the, of uh, the, you know, Galadriel. After that, you don't see him. You, you, You don't see Haldir. And then, you know, for his, his, this powerful elven death in, in Lord of the Rings, you know, that just shows you like, like something that you have to hit home on if you're these producers and directors are like, an elf's life is such a gift. They're immortal. They're like these angelic immortal beings. And for them to die by an orc arrow or something like that, (laughs) like that's sad. It's like really sad. And like, you got to hit home on that. When, when, one of these Kings die, when Orifer dies and and Thranduil is like holding his father, like in his arms, like, Oh my God, my, I could have had a lot, you know, thousands of more years of being around my dad. And now I'm thrust into being the King. Yeah. Like, just like like that's got to hit. Like when, when Gilgalad gets burned by Sauron's hand, that's got to hit. Like when Elendil falls in battle, to Sauron, like that's got a hit, which I'm sure it's going to, but you know what I mean? Like you read these things, you're like, damn. Yeah, you TV, want it to look like, like what you see in your head. Whoa. Yeah. Right? So that's why I sort of like I wanted to go into the fact like, hey, these are the elven lords at this time. Some of them are going to die. They've yeah. been around for thousands of years and we're going to see them in like six seasons before they die. But, you know, and like, uh, you know, it just shows you how well written this legendarium is. Like, the woodland realm is still a realm 3000 years later yeah in, in the third age right yeah and thranduil in the hobbit like alludes to the fact that he fought against this you know this nameless thing that he won't talk about in the movies right peter yeah. jackson gets it peter jackson always got it he was like thranduil literally fought in the second age he knows that this evil is not just like an orc chieftain like this is like right he knows what the fuck's going something on something big's coming yeah 
right? And like they need to show that in the show. I think they will. Um, but yeah, look, those are the Elven Lords. And I think next week we'll we'll dive into a little bit more of like, you know, where these capitals are and like, you know, the armies that they have that they you know, at their disposal, because the Woodland Realms army wasn't as big, not nearly as big. I mean, they, they wanted to join the fight and, and and be there, which is gonna be cool to see. But anyway, we'll go into more of that later. But I always thought like we'd been tweeting it out a little bit uh during the week, like, you know, it'd be really cool to see Orifer and Thranduil, their dynamic and like their city and their people coming to battle. Yeah. Uh like, you know, it'd be really cool to see that. And you know, we wanted to talk about it a little bit on the pot. Right. And, and especially then, yeah. for the characters that you see later in the movies, because now you can watch those movies and have added context and it makes moments in the movie. So some of this stuff's going to even expand the movies, which is cool. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really like it's going to expand your viewership. Right. Like like I think that that scene in. um That scene in The Hobbit where, you know, like. Legolas looks at his dad and says, you know, like, what is this orc talking about? And Thranduil goes, I, I don't even want to speak of it. I fought against whatever, you know, like, uh, you know, I think that, that yeah, hit, now that'll that hit. hit even, even, you know, better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, cool, dude. It's cool. It's, it's really neat. It's really neat. So yeah, those are the elven commanders. Those are the elven Lords at the time. And we're going to get to see all of them and we're going to see all of them in, you know, their full glory as Kings ruling over the cities and you know right have a little uh their own little slice of middle earth which again this is where i'll wrap up this segment the elves left the undying lands literally to become lords in middle earth they left because they wanted it they had ambition and they didn't just want to live in this paradise with the gods and their life is already figured out they wanted to go somewhere build their own cities and they wanted to you know have their own armies and their own, you know, lordships and kingdoms and, 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 and start populating Middle-earth and live amongst the dwarves and the elves that are, and the men that were there, right? That's, that's, that's that. So that's why they left uh, the Undying Lands, if you didn't know that, Jacob. Oh, yeah, um, dude, I'm, I'm really, I'm writing down almost everything you say in my notes. I mean, <laughs> this stuff's awesome. Um. Okay, last thing that I'll say, by the way, uh, just so that everybody knows, Thranduil and his father, Orifer, are not um, sylvan elves in the Woodland Realm. They're actually Sindar elves, which is a higher form of elf, just in terms of like class and status. And those sylvan elves that lived in the Woodland Realm welcomed Orifer and Thranduil to literally rule over them. Okay. Just so that, like, it, it plays into the fact that these, these elves in the Woodland Realm were like, they just weren't equipped for a literal siege, right? Like, right. Yeah, no, it's just a different mindset kind of. Different, yeah. Different culture, different mindset. They weren't like these Naldarin elves who had like a literal, like everyone was an expert smith and had like legit armor, chainmail. Yeah. Like the dwarves developed chainmail, the Naldarin elves, you know, learned. Like they, they, like they wanted to, you know, or buy it from them, right? Anyway, yeah. All right, that's the elves, and 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 you know a little bit more about the elves in the second age, which there's a ton more, and we're gonna get to it on different pods, but it's a little gist. All right, so the last segment of the show, we're gonna talk a little bit about the War of the Rohirrim, which is an upcoming anime filmed and produced by Warner Brothers. Uh, we're talking about this now this week because a little bit more information about it came out uh, last week. Uh, it will be directed by Kenji Kameyama. And reportedly, it will focus on the story of Helm Hammerhand, which we hear a ton about in the books 
and he's referenced to in the movies. He was apparently this incredibly badass king of Rohan who just destroyed anyone in his path, leading to the name Helm Hammerhand uh, and the founding of Helm's Deep. So Helm's Deep is named after him. Uh, the movie was first announced on June 10th, 2021 as a standalone work, uh, and it will be artistically connected to Phil- Peter Jackson's trilogy. Jackson oh. himself is not confirmed to be involved, but Philip Boyens, who was you know Jackson's right-hand person on the trilogy, uh, will be a consultant of the show. So uh, this is what all that tells me right there is this is going to hit. It's going to be good. Yeah. Right. So now let's we're going to go and dive into a little bit more about the premise, right? Um, and so the, this means that it happens closer to the third age. It happens in the third age. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. This happens probably like uh, 800, 600, 800 years, maybe even less before the Fellowship of the Ring. Awesome. Awesome. So kind of around the time that the dwarves are like populating Erebor. Right. And not and not using it just as a mine. So in the life of a dwarf, it's like, you know, they live to like what, 250, 350 years old. Like, you know, like it's, it's, it's cool to see like, like something that's really neat about like these, you know, these years and, and when, you know, the age differences of races, it's like you sit there and you go, wow, 800 years ago. And like in the life of an elf, that was nothing, you know, mm-hmm. in the life, in the life of a, you know, a Royal Numenorean that was 500 years ago. Like there were people alive that my, my aunt, my grandfathers were, you know, alive, like during, yeah. this. it's kind of cool to think about it that way. All right. Yeah, no, so, yeah. Lord of the Rings, War of the Rohirrim, it explores and expands the untold story behind the fortress of Helm's Deep, delving into the life and blood-soaked times of one of Middle-earth's most legendary figures, the mighty king of Rohan, Helm Hammerhand. So again, the war that they were involved in was like very bloody, like a really really bad affair. Like they were cut off of all food and minerals. Like it was one of those sieges against the the people of Rohan. Like uh, they were like, you know, it was just it was bad it was really bad and what helm hammerhand i guess would do is in the middle of the night he would go to the enemy camps and literally kill them in their sleep like it's it's wild it's wild all right so all right i'm pulling up an article here by inverse.com everything we know about the war of the rohirrim um when will it appear it's supposed to be april by the way it's april 20 uh 2024 so we're 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 about two years off oh man yeah it's a while Right. There's no trailers even been even been, you know, uh, released. But anyway, here is the official plot. Right. Lord of the Rings War of the Rohirrim is set actually 250 to 300 years before the events of Lord of the Rings trilogy. So I gave it way too much time. Yeah. 250 to 300 years. There were dwarven characters that that were in um, Erebor and in The Hobbit alive when uh, this was going on. Crazy. Right. Anyway, Helm Hammerhand, the film, which is said to be a companion piece, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings film trilogy, which will delve into the life and blood-soaked times of Hammerhand's rule. Sorry, I know I'm repeating myself. Uh, the center of the film will be the untold story of Helm's Deep. I already said that. Let's keep going. The film will be written by the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance co-creators, Jeffrey Addis and Will Matthews. Neither Peter Jackson nor Fran Walsh will be involved, right? Okay. So something that's troubling me a bit here all of the leaks and pictures are of the war of, of the people of Rohan fighting against the Mumakil and the people of the East. Mumakil, do you remember what those were from Lord of the Rings? Mumakil, I do not. Massive, el- the massive elephants that they fought against in the Lord oh, of the Rings. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So all of the 
um, teaser images have been these massive elephants, like literally climbing over the gates of of <laughs> that is uh, Edoras, the the city in Rohan. Like that's sick. It's gonna it's gonna be cool. But yeah, the problem I have is is like, were they that far west in the Third Age before they sieged? Minas Tirith. I don't know, but hey, look. I think that you know people associate that Lord of the Rings, that third film, with like the men of Rohan leading that charge with other horses against the freaking massive elephants and thousands upon thousands of orcs. Like that speech by Thaden, like it's yeah, played in yeah. at sports games. It's played in you know in TV shows. Like it's it's something that we will have around for the rest of our life, right? So I think that they're actually just trying to like you know well little spinoff bring that back like as if there was history between these people right like yeah because the way that they fought against them in the books and in the movie it was almost like they've already fought against them before but that was never said so it's like they're you know kind of showing like the ancestors also dealt with these people and you know on their horses they were able to take these people down so jacob we have an anime coming up called war of the rohirrim immediate thoughts well, it's dope. I, I think all these franchises, you see that they eventually get into animation and Lord of the Rings never really dipped into that at really at all, actually. Um, so I think that that's the coolest thing that jumped out to me. I mean, Marvel is doing uh, an X-Men 97 reboot. They just did What If. They're doing a Spider-Man animated show. DC has their whole animated universe. Um, Star Wars, obviously, with the Clone Wars and Rebels that expanded the universe. If this can be that same sort of thing to where you really can like, Hey, I'm going to watch the Hobbit movies, then the war of Rohirrim and, or, or would you watch the war of Rohirrim first, then the Hobbit or what, whatever. And then you'd watch Lord of the Rings movies. That's cool that you can kind of add something into the timeline. that's animated that adds to what the movies did. So I think that was my immediate reaction that it's like, Oh, we're getting some fill in gap time in the third age. What also jumped out was I didn't even think they had rights to do this. Cause I thought they only had second age stuff. Well, well, um, this is Warner Brothers, actually. This isn't even oh, Amazon doing this. Oh, right? okay, so, so that so makes sense. Yeah. I, you know, I, I definitely believe that there was a faction of people over at Warner Brothers and maybe New Line Cinema that were a little pissed that, you know, Amazon got the rights to do all this because, you know, Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema gave us everything, right? Listen, like, that's okay. their fault, dude. They could have done this so long ago. Totally their fault. Totally their fault. Did they, did they have the money to purchase and, and the budget to make a... <laughs> Go like this? I don't. Of course, know. of course. I, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. But dude, you know, they Amazon do Justice League movies. You got Harry Potter over there. They do Godzilla. That they've got the budget. Jeff Bezos is a lifelong Middle Earth fan. He's a Tolkien fan. He he read these books growing up. Like when that guy wants something, he's gonna get it. So Bezos did it, right? Yeah, and he'll buy the other rights. By the way, Jacob, I want you to end up clipping what you just said, and we're gonna post it on the Twitter. Ooh, the whole the whole thing about you know Disney does this with Star Wars and Marvel and yeah. these, you know you know these universes where they create and there's content and people can go on these you know I can click on the Lord of the Rings page on whatever and like boom they're all there I can watch all of them in whatever order yep. I want and it's like a content hub. What Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth and the Tolkien works don't have is a content hub where everybody knows like if I get the subscription it's all going to be there. Like if right. I want to go back and watch season one of the Lord of the Rings on Prime, and then I want to watch Fellowship of the Ring, I have the subscription. I can watch all at once. Right now, we've got HBO Max has all of the all of the movies. Yeah, Amazon Prime is going to have whatever you know, Lord of the Rings on Prime, and now Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema are going to have the War of the Rohirrim anime. Like we're all over the place. Well, I that's what I'm saying though, because we heard that all of the rights are for sale, so Amazon might fix that problem shortly. 
Exactly. I do. I, I think you made a fantastic point. Like I said, I want to clip that and I want to get that. Sure. I want to get that going on the Twitter. I think that that's a great point. Like, you know, the whole, this is, this is what they're doing. Like this, this is the next evolution of Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth is we're going to have these spinoff shows and people are going to need to accept that a lot of it's not going to be canon, but would you prefer to go the rest of your life and never see any of these things illustrated, any of these characters illustrated? No, right, I would right. like, I want, like, I want to, like, I know that the Hobbit got horrible, like, like a lot of backlash, but bro, I got to see the, the Erebor and the Lonely Mountain. It was done fantastically. I got to see the Woodland Realm where Legolas grew up. Cool. I never got to see those things. I got to see Bayorn's house and him change into a freaking skin changing bear. You didn't get to see that stuff. I got to see the the dwar the dwarves assail Moria and in 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 you know uh Thror's freaking head chopped off by Azog. Like, dude, we yeah. didn't get like you gotta see those things. Like those things I want to be able to see, right? And put a, a scene to the book, right? Anyway, I think you made a great point. I, I, I that's this is the evolution of, of Middle Earth and the Lord of the Rings content and the Hobbit content and, and, and anything in the legendarium, uh, we will end up seeing a first age show. I am more than positive. I think the first age show would just like, just blow so many things out of the water. Lord of the Rings related with the content. Like it's just, yeah. Like, yeah. Not, and obviously I'll, not I'll, actually the Lord of the Rings, but the, what's goes on in the first age is like, it's an entirely different portion of middle earth that ends up getting sunk, cut in half and sunk like all of those cities all yeah. of those dwarven strongholds, all of those those cities that men lived in, like the War of the Wrath was so unbelievably insane with the gods duking it out against Morgoth and the dragons that the, that freaking part of the map gets cut off by the gods and sunk into the ground. Un Unreal, dude. Why would I not want to see that? So many people are sitting there like, I don't, I don't want that to get ruined. Well, guess what? At some point, somebody's going to show it on TV. <laughs> Why not in your lifetime? Because it, right. it, it, this stuff sells. This this world is vast, and I think you made a good point. Like like at first, I'm sitting there, and like I'm like I'm about to go in on this War of the Rohirrim show. Like were the Mumakil and the Easterlings even over in Middle Earth at that point? Like and like that far west into Rohan, and what what is their? Why are they fighting them? Why like why like what's the problem? They live in completely different areas of the map. What did one of the other do to set the other off? And how right. did the men of Gondor allow? for the Mumakil to literally walk right through Gondor to get to Rohan. I don't know. But then you immediately changed my mind with the fact that this is the evolution. This is where we're going. This is like, we're going to have a content hub and this. We're going to have a universe where there are different spinoffs and it is what it is. And you're going to need to put up with it to enjoy it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, you said it right there. And, and, you know, another thing though, too, is that if they do this first age stuff, I, I was originally thinking to myself, if that because we heard the first two episodes are going to be kind of a prologue explaining the first age and i was thinking if they do that would that kind of ruin the idea of doing a first age show if you're going to spoil the ending of it well they spoil the end of the second age and the beginning of lord of the Rings. so does it even matter i mean i guess that's just no. a lord of the rings tradition so yeah dude they're going to do first stage one day whenever they pay for the rights i mean but like first you, you could do second like we talked about last week second age with four spinoff shows you know uh, animated show with it and then you do first age and seven eight years from now and then you have another eight nine years of content so like i'm i can be patient and wait for first age if they spend seven eight nine years whatever on this entire age because they could totally do that i mean we know the show itself is going to be five seasons and if they do spinoffs those are going to end after the main show 
that they, they could go anywhere with this. Hundred percent, and you you literally hit the nail on the head here. Like honestly, Jacob, you've done a great job. Like like this is the way it's Appreciate going. It. Like 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 you 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 get it with the Star Wars and the Marvel stuff. And and I would say like like I'm a huge Star Wars fan, right? Like I watch anything that comes out. Oh yeah. But with the Marvel stuff, like I definitely think that Lord of the Rings is trying to adopt a little bit of the in between of where the yeah. Star Wars and Marvel's going. And I think you know you got that right. And look, I I think you you know like they're going to need to spend a lot of time on this. They're, they're already going to spend a ton of time on the second age, but the first age is an entirely different beast, right? We, we get to the third age of Lord of the, you know, with Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. And like, there are dwarves and men who don't even understand what Gandalf is. Yeah. They, they think he's just this old guy that doesn't wither away. And only the wise actually know who he is. Right. Right. They just yeah. say he's a wizard. Oh my God. He's much more than a wizard, bro. He's literally a freaking demigod. Like he was, he, he was there when the world was created. That's how old Gandalf is. Right. Yeah, and in the dude. first age, there's a freaking elf. So wait, wait, wait. Married, so if Gandalf that is, is that old, married, why is that is married to a demigod? Wow. That is, that is, that is of the race of what Gandalf is. He's married to one of them. So Look if he, up. it's Melian, M-E-L-I-A-N. She is a queen amongst elves walking around Middle Earth. Dude, like everybody, like, like the first age is like, it's like after every single age, like first, second age, first age, second age, third age, like the whole mythical fantasy realm of Lord of the Rings, like what Tolkien did on purpose was it started to wither and die away. Like the dwarves became scarcely populated towards the end of the third age because of all the dragons and, and everything. And they ended up repopulating for a while, right? Whatever. Yeah. The elves are leaving Middle Earth. Like the beginning of the first age, it's like everything's at its heights. The gods are coming over for wars. Morgoth is a literal god, is, is a god who who's in his fortress sending out wolves and orcs or whatever. Like Sauron isn't even the cheapest calamity, right? You have this correct, Jacob. Spend time on this because the, every age is so different than the other like the fantasy of every single age it's like first age fantasy through the roof second age it's right there at the roof and then third age just starts dying down and that's tolkien's this is tolkien's history of the world this yeah. is like this is his history of the world eventually these races you don't see them anymore dwarves die out hobbits die out and it's just the world of men anyway that's cool uh, that no i was going to ask though so if gandalf yeah, was around yeah. in the beginning beginning why is he not in the second age he wasn't sent he was not sent to oh. Earth until the third age the okay. gods were aware that sauron is you know amassing power again and they ended up sending the wizards the five wizards uh let's see here uh, i will tell you literally right now before we end this show because i feel like this is a very important thing so they're the order of these wizards let's say it's called the istari which translates technically to wizards uh, it's there was Sauron was the white he was the head there was Gandalf right under him Gandalf the gray there was Radagast the brown and then which we saw all three of those yep the yep moon. and then the two blue wizards who actually went to the east of Middle Earth to to you know get them to stop worshiping Sauron right okay whether they were successful or not is not known but Gandalf does say or there is something in the appendices written by Tolkien that the exploits of the blue wizards should not be um forgotten as i they, mean dude spinoff show right there <laughs> literally spinoff show right there you have that so correct yeah. they um their purpose was to help the peoples of middle earth fight sauron and they landed in middle earth in third age year 1000 they dissolved and they left 
whether you know the the order of the Istari dissolved in year 3021 so they were effectively in middle earth for 2021 years helping the people of middle earth that is dope that is dope i mean dude you, you could literally do an origin of the Istari spinoff show one day and tell the story of all of this and you could see the descent of saruman i mean like all this stuff dude. like ev- the, the 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 content's so expansive you can go you can do a spinoff show on every character every war every a i mean it's just crazy dude absolutely absolutely i i totally agree i think i think a show of them and, and their travels around middle earth and like how they fought in different wars and they helped different cultures and different races like gandalf in like a hundred year span literally took back Erebor with the dwarves and then destroyed the ring with Frodo. Yeah. Like that yeah. was only a hundred years. They were, they were there for 2000. And he did the stuff with the, the dwarves and Smaug. That's what I'm saying. Reaching oh yeah. Yeah. Erebor yeah. Okay. Then, yeah. You know, that was all within a hundred year span. Right. Right. So anyway, uh, that is all for uh, the one pod to rule them all uh, episode two. Uh, Jacob got a new mic. So if you're listening to this and you want to drop us a quick, a comment uh, rating his new mic that'd be great i'm sure it sounds good but hey listen we're investing in the show and we're going to be here for a long time and look we barely scratched the surface of anything today and then the last week there's so many more things to talk about so we'll be back next week with some more about the lord of the rings on prime uh, rings of power we're going to be talking about a little bit more about that we're going to do a full deep dive next week into the trailer in which we watch it and talk about each scene we get into questions, into into uh, speculation, and then we're going to talk about the Dunedain next week and uh, how they how they came to Middle Earth and how they got the island of Numenor. So we're going to go into that. So thank you guys, appreciate it. And, hey CJ, uh, how about you we... pimp out our socials as well? We got those. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we Jacob and I also do a sports podcast called Strictly Sports. That should be. Uh, at strictly sports that is constantly on our uh, Twitter. So, so they're there. I, I add them a lot because that's Jacob's main Twitter. And you can also follow them, follow us at uh, one pod to rule on, on uh, Twitter. So find us there. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to continuing to grow the fan base. I guess we've got about 50 followers uh, this time last week. We had zero. So yeah. look, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. So thank you guys for all being a part of this and have a great week. Peace.